Send your true encounters to storiesforaries at gmail.com, and I might just read it in one of my next videos. Thanks for stopping by, and as always, thanks for listening. So over this summer, I was at the Oregon County Fair getting ready to head out to camp with my boyfriend. We were packing up our car tent on top of his FJ Cruiser. I went up to the tent to start packing it up. The metal ladder is very slippery and had no grip tape on it, and I was sadly wearing socks. While coming out of the tent, I slipped and fell seven feet straight onto my head. My boyfriend dropped everything and rushed to me asking if I was okay, and I replied, I'm fine, my head just really hurts. I, of course, had no recollection of any of this. He told me to sit down in the car and I was getting upset that he wasn't letting me get up and help him pack. I guess out of annoyance, I got out of the car, and my legs apparently completely collapsed underneath me. He called the paramedics immediately as I started to slip into complete blackness. I don't remember much else, which is where the real story starts to begin. I'm in the ambulance and I can hear the sirens. I feel the oxygen enter my nose and I hear the EMTs yelling my name, but I can't respond, open my eyes, or move. Every second, I kept slipping deeper and deeper into what I can only explain as the darkness. It sounds silly, but this feeling and sensation is honestly indescribable and unlike anything I've ever felt in my life. The EMT helping me starts to push incredibly hard with his fingers into my sternum, which brings me back with each press because of the pain. I open my eyes slightly and hear an EMT say, only responds to painful stimuli. And then... I was out. The next thing I remember is feeling my clothes being cut off of me when we got to the hospital. And then I apparently started to have seizures and convulsions due to a lack of oxygen in my brain. I just kept slipping deeper and deeper and getting farther and farther away from this world. They had to insert a ventilator into me because I was beginning to cease breathing on my own. My boyfriend was obviously in shambles, and all the doctors could tell him was that they weren't sure if I would have permanent brain damage, be fine, or die. All the while, I'm slowly dying on the gurney, entering the ICU. I remember being stranded in the blackness, floating, wandering, waiting. I wasn't sure what I was waiting for, or what I was doing in that place. I had no idea what was happening. I saw nothing and felt nothing. I was nothing. I didn't know who I was, what had happened, or where the hell I was. I remember it feeling like floating through endless space. But the thing is, there was an overwhelming sense of calmness through this, and I wasn't scared. After almost 24 hours, I started to slowly come back and break consciousness at certain moments of my coma. The most beautiful thing happened, and I won't forget it for the rest of my life. My boyfriend was finally let into the ICU to see me, after all this madness that was happening that I was completely gone for. He asked the nurse if he could hold my hand, and her response was, Yes, but be careful. She will probably sense you, and we can't have her getting excited when she has a tube in her throat. He approached me, and at that moment, I slowly started to open my eyes. I remember while I was wandering, in what felt like purgatory, all I could think of was Aaron, my boyfriend. 
I didn't know who Aaron was or what Aaron was, but all I knew was that the idea of Aaron gave me a feeling of warmth, a reason to find my way out of this dark place. I felt that, as long as I had this thing, I would be okay. Aaron told me that before I slightly opened my eyes, I started to reach out for him while my eyes were still closed. He grabbed my hand, and at that moment I came back into my body, opened my eyes ever so slightly, and started to try to mouth, I love you, quickly realizing that the words couldn't come out and that there was a tube in my mouth. Aaron was crying, and I fell back into the nothingness place. Well, obviously I'm fine now, and I exited whatever place that was. I've always thought that when someone is dying, or about to die, traces of DMT have been found firing off in the brain. Now, I've done DMT and have blasted off before, and have even had telepathic contact with what I felt was interdimensional entities or beings while in DMT, but there was no sign of that in this place. There were no vibrant and beautiful colors or contact with these creatures, no sense of completion into the next realm. It made me wonder if there really is life after death, and if there really is a place I'm going after I leave my earthly body. Maybe I didn't see these things because I wasn't ready to make the crossover or start that journey. Maybe the higher powers of the universe needed me to stay here in this world to complete what I was meant to do. Maybe this was just the place to wait while the decision was being made. I don't really know. But I do know that I haven't given up hope that there is a place I am going when I'm no longer here. And it will be beautiful. July 23rd, 2012. My family was at our summer trailer. I started drinking and smoking a little weed with my brother. It was his 16th birthday and not long after my 19th. We drank a good bit and smoked a lot like we normally would when we got together. Anyway, it was about 5.30 or so when we decided to take the golf cart out. I drove for a little bit and was fine, but as soon as I let my little brother drive, I started passing out. We went around a turn and I instinctively grabbed the support of the golf cart to not fall out. It spun around, and I hit my head a good number of times on the asphalt before we were able to come to a stop. I'm pretty tough, so I got up and assumed I was good. Battery was dead on the cart, so we had to push it a good ways back to the trailer. I took a shower and only had a couple of drops of blood come from my head, but I did wake up my dad and his girlfriend who are both nurses that know their stuff. I was raised in a medical family, so I also know when something's not right. We decided to just monitor it for the day. After about 12 hours of me throwing up water, food, and everything but ginger ale, I decided it was definitely time to make sure I was alright. I didn't walk much during the 12 hours, so just going to the car I could tell something was wrong by my disorientation and balance. While on the way to the emergency relief center, I remember looking at my hand and seeing it as just a hand, nothing special. At that moment, I surrendered to the universe, and that's the last thing I remember, before waking up in the hospital bed far from the emergency relief center I was on my way to. I remember that moment so well because that was the most free I'd ever felt. Apparently there was a doctor named John Jesus, who was on vacation who was a neural expert. He saved my life and made the call to have me helicopter to a hospital with the top neurosurgeon in the county to operate on me. 
I had a subdural hematoma with a midline shift. I woke up about a week after the initial injury with half my skull off and 241 staples in my head. I also remember the moment I woke up very well because it was the exact opposite of that freeing surrender. My initial thought was, fuck, this hurts. I even laughed to myself about that. I know, it's pretty messed up. Anyway, the doctor didn't know if I would ever walk again, but I was walking in minutes after waking up. Six weeks later, I got the other half of my head put back in with a couple of plates and four screws. And since this incident, I've had a different appreciation for life, death, and love for everyone I hold close. At the end of August 2016, I had open heart surgery, and while I had no heartbeat function for nine hours, I had an experience that felt like I went to the other side. This is what I saw. I'd like to know that there was no fear and I wasn't afraid at all. I became aware that I was somewhere. I was holding onto, with my right hand, what felt like a piece of cloth. It felt like I was standing on a rock in space. The dirt or soil under my feet was gray, and it appeared like what you would see on the moon. To my left, utter pitch black darkness. Directly in front of me, I was holding onto a piece of cloth on a much larger thing or being. In front of that, which obscured my vision, I had to see or look around it. And it looked like there was a cave behind it. It was very dark in that cave, and very gray where I was. Out of the cave of the darkness came what I can only describe as a worm-like figure as big as me. It had a purple face, no facial features, just gaseous purple stuff, and it came right towards me, hard and fast. As it got close, it was repelled from me, it made a squealing noise and scampered back into the darkness. Another one came out of the darkness and came towards me, but it was also reflected from what seems to be a force field around me. It also made a displeasing sound, and then it ran back into the darkness, leaving behind the purple gaseous trailers like tracers. I don't know how else to describe them. I realize that the thing I'm holding onto is sort of like, for the lack of a better description, a grim reaper. But it wasn't a grim reaper, it was different. But it was clothed in the black cloth-like material that I was holding onto. And then another really, really big worm came out of the darkness, and I mean it ran towards me like a horse at full speed, and I braced for impact. I wasn't afraid, I just braced for the impact. It screamed out as though it felt pain when it got close to touching me. It never actually touched me, it just got really, really close. It left behind a purple trail as it scampered back into the cave. To my left, nothing but void and darkness, but up and over to my right, I see a cluster of stars or lights. It looked like maybe a star cluster, there was pink and blue and yellow, and it looked so inviting that I felt as if I wanted to go there. I felt my feet lift up off the ground. My body tilted and I began towards the light or mini lights. I was still holding onto the cloth and I couldn't seem to let go. I was happy where I was getting ready to go. The gatekeeper thing I was holding onto with my right hand looked down at me and very condescendingly said, Not today, not your day and I woke up, in ICU. I was intubated, 
You're not supposed to wake up intubated. I was on fentanyl and a morphine drip, and it took them 25 hours to finally use a drug propofol that would put me back into a coma. They left me there for 30 hours. Life is great, and it's been nothing but a journey since then. Shortly after I was diagnosed with epilepsy in December 2016, I was placed on a myriad of pills to stop my seizures. Kepra put me out for two weeks, so they decided to put me on trileptal. Once the dose they gave me didn't work, they increased it. And when the seizures got worse, they gave me Lamictal. By the end of January 2017, I was taking an incredible dosage as they upped the Lamictal. I had at least five seizures a day and 35 at night. I almost flunked school because of it. Winter, spring, and summer went by like that, and I entered a new school year feeling like shit. So one morning in early October, I went to take my handful of pills while watching my cousin struggle with his homework. Poor kid. But after a few seconds, I felt dizzy. I placed my glass down and grabbed the counter. My chest beat a mile a minute, to the point where breathing was horrible. This felt like an oncoming seizure, but worse. Sweat poured down my face until I collapsed on the floor. I heard my cousin scream and my sister run in, both panicking. My cousin placed me on my side, and after 15 minutes, they gave me my emergency medication. 20 minutes passed without it working, so my sister decided to call 911. After a while, an officer came and knelt down in front of me, asking my sister questions. A few seconds later, an ambulance came. One of them laid me on my back and started screaming at me to stop faking, since apparently my face was twitching oddly, and she took it as me faking a seizure. She grabbed my hand and dropped it, hitting my face repeatedly. My mom was called by my cousin, and she came in to see that. She told them to stop playing around and to help me. This whole time I could hear everything, but not control my body, save for my eyes. That's right, I couldn't move my eyelids only my eyes. Eventually, they loaded me into the ambulance. A nicer man told me to stay awake and describe the situation. The moment I entered the ambulance, everything went black. The dark felt so good as I slipped under. I didn't have to feel the needles or hear screaming. The next thing I know, I'm blearily opening my eyes, only for them to fall again. For a little, I could see everyone's backs, and my pale body sunk into the bed. I wandered the hospital aimlessly with a boy. We visited rooms without saying much, but eventually he told me I had to go home. My eyes fully opened to see needles in my arms and machines surrounding me. I made a sound, causing my mom to bolt up. She rung for a nurse and they asked me stupid questions. The ones I couldn't answer, like what day it was or where I was. They explained everything. To my amazement, I had been through a series of seizures that lasted two hours. Mom recounted that the ambulance sped away after being on the road for a couple seconds. By the time she got there, everyone in the ambulance removed me, people exiting the ambulance severely pale and shaking. Once they reached the entrance, a swarm of doctors met them at the door and they took off. One of the ladies from the ambulance apologized to my mom for the crazy bitch that attacked me. The woman would have apologized in person, but she was too ill from some kind of trauma. 
A chaplain came to tell my mom that he was here to talk to her. The loss of a child is hard. Thankfully, she didn't have to experience it. As for my recovery, I entered several fevers and had a seizure every few minutes while vomiting. In the end, they realized that I OD'd on the triliptal. During my three-day stay, I broke through my final fever and became bored under observation. I texted my friends that I was alive and binged BuzzFeed Unsolved. I felt better than I had all year since everything left my system. Two weeks later, I celebrated my 17th birthday and began being seizure-free after simply taking Lamictal. It's been two years and I never needed to change the medication, and I live a relatively seizure-free life. As for what went down in that ambulance, it's still a mystery to this day.